0: Wingstop's doing what they do best, taking flavor to the next level. So when chicken sandwiches only came in spicy and plain, Wingstop said, nah, make it 12 flavors. Lemon pepper chicken sandwich, OG hot, mango habanero. You get the picture? Every famous Wingstop flavor. Now on the new Wingstop chicken sandwich. Try all 12 and find your favorite at Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Huh.
1: Be Pod Studios.
2: The dynamic duo. Don't
0: feed me crap.
1: Of Boston Sports Radio. Yeah, get it right, stupid. Filger and Mass. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 985, the Sports Hub.
3: From the Town Fair Tire Studio, Felger and Maz, 98.5 of Sports Hub. Simulcast NBC Sports Boston, courtesy of presenting sponsor DraftKings. It is that time of year again, so no big surprise here. No Felger, no Maz. Instead, it's the uh, fun substitute teachers. Yours truly, Jim Murray, alongside Adam Jones. On a big boy Tuesday, Uh, but the big boy is the tardy boy. Uh, So while we await the arrival of Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. Give it a subscription or give it as a gift this year uh, to give his breakdown of this soul-crushing loss for uh, your New England Patriots in Las Vegas against the Raiders a couple of days back. Uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll start, Jones. Uh, any bubbling of thoughts still pertaining uh, to this team as they still got a well, handful of games left and some people, I still think there are some people, uh, there's still a path. If they win out, they're going to get in. There's still hope. I think you're crazy if you think that, but any leftover thoughts, they haven't been able
4: to get out yet. Well, no. I mean, it's just they're, they're done. I mean, they're done. You agree with that, right? Yeah, I feel I like everybody agreed going into that game. You know, everybody who's not just a complete homer, suck-up, excuse-maker for the team, I think everybody agreed. If they're going to make the playoffs, they had to win both games against Arizona and Vegas. Yeah. And they were this close to doing it. So close. And they couldn't get it done. So, no, they're done. Like, could I see them beating Cincinnati? No. Could I see them beating Miami? Maybe. Maybe I'll give them that. And I could see them beating Buffalo if the Bills lie down. But beating Miami isn't a guarantee. Beating Buffalo is far from a guarantee. Buffalo's playing for the one seed right now. So there's no guarantee they lie down. And if they're playing straight up, they're going to smoke you again. That's if the Patriots even try. The coaching staff didn't try the last time. So, no, they're probably going 0-3. If they win a game, then credit to them, they're, they're 8-9, which is better than I thought they'd be going down the stretch. But, no, they're done. They're playing out the string. And I, I shudder to think, from Bill Belichick's standpoint now, I shudder to think what these last three games mean for his job security because he already has a checked-out team that was in the playoff mix. Now they all know they're out of it. Like, especially if they lose on Saturday, when they lose on Saturday, they're out of it. So the team's already been checked out. They already don't believe. Wait until they're really checked out. Like, wait until they really know they can't win anything, can't make the playoffs, can't do anything this year, and watch how much they really tune out the coaching and and see what that means for Bill. If they're 7-10 and and they miss the playoffs, he should be, and I know I'm like a broken record on this, he should be in trouble. He, it doesn't mean he'll automatically get fired, but he should be in trouble if they go 7-10, and 10, flame out of the playoffs, and the whole team quits on him with three weeks to go, and maybe they've quit earlier. That That's what I think's at stake. He needs a team to fight for him, and they haven't been doing that. And I don't think that
3: they will. So the only thing that remains interesting to me for the remaining games and the remainder of this season is how ugly it's going to get. And I think it has a potential to get real ugly. Yeah. Here. Uh, and this, maybe it's already started. So, um You know, I'm reading here from our our website, 985 com. Matt Doloff posted this a short time ago, but I noticed this last night. I don't know if you follow uh, the Spike King, Babs, on uh, either Twitter or Instagram. Like, Patriot Superfan. Yeah, wait, is that the same guy? He's the Spike King? Yeah, same dude. I think he might have changed the name strictly to Babs. But uh, either way, he was the one that caught this and posted it. And you can read about this on 985 com again. Uh, But I, you know, like, I am a big believer in that you get to follow Follow the social media, right? Usually that's a a clue as to what's going on, the bitchiness maybe behind the scenes with a team, with a player, where a player might be going. Like, remember, going back to, Brady's not going anywhere. Well, why is his house for sale? You know, like things on the internet, I think, are little breadcrumbs, and you have to follow the breadcrumbs. Well, uh, Instagram-like stood out to uh, the Spike King, a.k.a. Babs, and... uh, Well, I'll tell you who's not part of the gang of five, and that's Trent Brown. So (laughs) yesterday on Instagram, Instagram, on uh, the ESPN official Instagram page, they posted... Uh, part of Bill Barnwell's column with a couple of photos of Brady in the Pats uniform, Jimmy Garoppolo back in the Pats uniform, and he has done this whole thing. And maybe we'll get into this, uh, you and I, in the next couple of days. Bill Barnwell has this whole thing on what teams should do at the quarterback position. When he gets to the Patriots, he says the Patriots have to at least call Brady's people to inquire whether he would like to return to New England to finish out his career, which, by the way, parenthetically, I'll add puke. Like, as long if Bill's here, no. Right. And Bill goes on to say they could also pursue Garoppolo. And one of those likes was Trent Brown. Now it is since you can undo the like, but this dude caught this quickly. Yeah. T- took a screen cap. He's it's a, like
4: it's like peeing in a pool. Once it's out there, you know, it's out there. One, it's like yeah. you know, it'll uh, ultimately uh, ultimately get figure, uh, filtered out, but you still peed in the pool. Like, the, it's still in there. The chlorine will take care of it. It won't. You're still swimming in a toilet. Yeah.
3: So Trent Brown liked this, and look, I, I think like once you hit that heart icon saying that Brady or Garoppolo should come back and play next season instead of Mac Jones, you're putting it out there. You're not a believer in Mac Jones. That's one thing for you and I sitting behind these microphones doing sports talk to say, like, I don't believe in Mac Jones. I don't. I know you don't. No. Or for a fan to look now look at that this and say, and look at the numbers and be like, this dude's actually worse than Cam Newton was a couple of years ago. You might not believe in Mac Jones. That's okay to put out there. As a player, I'm so like, okay, fine, you believe this. People are paying attention, man. The likes, what you might comment on as a player. If this is how you really feel with a handful of games to go after you lose a game like that in Las Vegas, I think it's already begun. Like the problems, the problems have been there, but this thing could get real ugly between now and that final game.
4: Well, and I think I'll, I'll give Bedard credit on this. And I'm sure he's running behind because, you know, old man Bedard's really busting his hump over at the Boston Sports Journal. Like, he's got bosses to answer to. Like, I'm sure he got caught up in a meeting or something like that. You know? It's not like he's, he's self-employed and he can just do whatever he wants with his own schedule. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, the bosses were really drilling down on him. And so, you know, when it comes to Bedard, I'll defend him on this. A lot of people were, were mocking the idea that, oh, well, I guess Bill's safe then. He beat the Cardinals. That was the biggest game of the post-Brady era. No. It was the biggest game because... Bill needed the team to respond and fight for him and, and fight on his behalf. And they did it. They did it in the Cardinals game. They're lucky Kyler Murray got hurt after three plays. It took them three and a half quarters to put away what was then a four-win card a four win Cardinals team. Did they win last week? I forget. They were a four-win no, team at the time. To,
3: they lost to Denver, too. Oh, they, right, because they now they're on to another,
4: another crappy quarterback in Trace McSorley. So it took them three and a half quarters to put away a Cardinals team with their backup quarterback. They didn't fight for him. They did fight for him in this game the other day. So, no, I agree. It could continue to get worse. That That's where, if you believed in Bill or wanted Bill to save his job or wanted Bill to get the wins record, that's where the players would have fought for him. And they didn't. And I agree. Now that now that they've lost one of those two games and the likelihood of them making the playoffs is so beyond far-fetched, yeah, they could all quit and it could look that much worse. And maybe they want it to look bad to get rid of the old man. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. and so if
3: they have the support from from ownership – like Mac Jones, the gang of five, if you will, which, again, is Mac Jones. Well, as you pointed out, it's definitely not Trent it's Brown. It's definitely not Trent Brown. Definitely Mac not. Jones, David Andrews, Jacoby Myers, uh, who am I forgetting here? Um, Kendrick Bourne. Ah, who's the fifth? Henry. Ah, Hunter Henry. There's your gang of five, right? So, look, a lot of these guys are under contract. Jacoby Myers not, might not be back, but I think ownership you know, definitely supports the dude that they picked number one at the most important position. So, yeah, look, if if they basically hold a mutiny here, and that's what happens over the you know the final three games, I don't think Bill's going to be gone, but he is going to be forced to restructure. We welcome in Greg Bedard to Boston Sports.
0: Hey,
1: term. there he is. Hi guys. The tar- How are The tardy
2: boy. Sorry, I had a little <laughs> uh, road issue. That's all edged right. out by a tractor trailer. Oh, you oh. okay? Everything's fine? No, everything's fine. Like I was going up uh, four ninety five north. To get on the Mass Pike, and I see these two tractor trailers coming, and I'm like, "All Damn. right, the guy's got his right blinker on; he's going to go Mass Pike East." And so I'm like, "All right, I'm going to stay in the left-hand lane." All of a sudden, he turned on his left blinker and was just like, "Just basically pushed me on the Mass Pike West," and I got screwed from there. Beware! Oh, so you
4: had to go take a you had to take a loop and go up a few well,
2: exits. No, actually, because it did say I wasn't going to be here to two till two thirty. So then I just took the unauthorized road, nice. like, right there. I, I off-roaded it, got back on. So what I was a, level. Level. Yep. <laughs> what a rebel. Yep. But aren't
1: living
3: dangerously. Yeah, seriously. All right, you have to, you've had time to digest the film. You've looked yep. at the tape. What stood out to you in this ugly loss?
2: Uh, I mean, it was a complete debacle all the way around. I mean, it wasn't really even about the final play. I mean, you know, there were just mistakes all over the place. And when I watched this team, there was just a – in every phase of the game, there is a complete lack of attention to detail all over the place. I mean, you know, from uh, you know, the punt block that they allowed. I mean, you know, that the that the Las Vegas Raiders who have, you know, haven't exactly been a juggernaut this season. And, you know, first-year scheme, all that stuff on both sides of the ball, you somewhat understand it. I mean, in terms of special teams and situational football, they completely kicked the Patriots' ass. I mean, you know, what is the Patriots' excuse? I mean, it's not like they're a new outfit like McDaniels is. And, you know, this is a 20-year-plus program. This is since Tom Brady, three-plus years. You get to, you know, they've been able to fit the personnel to what they want and sign as many special teamers as they want and, you know, all that stuff. And, and you know, th- that might seem like a little thing, but that's kind of a big thing in the game. And, and it sort of leads to the game being a lot closer than it should have been. I thought Derek Carr was terrible in this game. I thought it was too – I thought both quarterbacks were bad. I think if you put Mac Jones from last year, you give him a second year with McDaniels. Like, just say you put Mac Jones starting fresh with the Raiders this past year. I think the Raiders win that game going away, like, easily. Uh, I thought that there was serious issues on defense from – the, the Darren Waller touchdown, I don't know what kind of play call that was from Steve Belichick, but all I can tell you is Devin McCourty was irate after the play. I mean, there was nobody in the middle of the field. He has to help on Adams. No one's in the middle of the field. You know, what's going on? Even before you got to the Keelan Cole touchdown, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with them playing conservative in the back end. The number one thing you, you don't want to do is give up some huge touchdown and, and You know, Marcus Jones actually was somewhat close on that fourth and 10 play, but repeatedly on that drive, you're going up against a Raiders offensive line, which isn't that good to begin with. Lost their average guard. They have two, they're playing two guards that I have barely practiced with the team this year. Jermaine Illuminor is their right tackle, who was terrible. He was terrible here. You know. You're going to need a sack from one of your guys, Josh Uche, Matthew Judon, Christian Barmore, somebody. And what do they keep doing repeatedly? They keep having Uche or Matthew Judon, you know, hit the tight end off the line. Like I understand that earlier in the game. That's part of throwing off the, the rhythm of their offense. But there, no, they're rushing five, but really late. Like they they needed to get a sack to win that game. And they just weren't playing for that. And and it's just that led to the touchdown, and then you get to their final offensive drive. To me, like the final minute of the game basically tells you everything you need to know about the current state of the Patriots, including that first down play. Matt Patricia actually called a good pass play for the defense that the Raiders ran. They ran Tampa 2. And you're going to have Hunter Henry deep down the middle. In the middle, where there should be nobody, there's going to be a linebacker in the middle of the field. Taekwon Thornton's going to be the shorter route. Guess what happens? Tyquan Thornton doesn't run the right route. He basically almost runs into Hunter Henry in the middle of the field. So Mac Jones can't throw it there. He's got to check it down eight yards. Now they got to call timeout. They got to burn one of their timeouts. It, Hunter, that pass should have gone to Hunter Henry near the middle of the field if you were a somewhat decent offense. And they're just—it's just mistakes like that over and over again, has just led to the current state of this team. And I heard you guys talking. Yeah, they're headed for 7-10. and 10. And there's no way this team with this talent should be anywhere close to that.
3: All right, we'll get further analysis from Greg Vidar because I, I get the impression, just based on your emails, now that you uh, you know looked at the film, while Mac Jones wasn't good in this game, you actually came away from this feeling like maybe he wasn't as bad and it still I'm, had to do with the he, scheme.
2: He wasn't good. He needed to be better, but I don't think he was... He, was, he wasn't as bad as his stats would lead you to believe.
3: All right, you want to join us, too? Mm. While well, the big boy is here, 617. 617- nah, I'm sure 779- mm. More coming up with Greg Bedard and a big boy Tuesday on Felger and Mass.
1: Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. And streaming anywhere you go Go, go on The Sports go, Hub app. Go, go, go. Some people celebrate the holidays, but you, you dominate the holidays. You deck the halls, the man and anything else that will stand still. You deserve a bold cold brew that's as festive as you. Topped with creamy cookie butter cold foam, covered in cookie butter crumbles, and perfectly pairable with our new cookie butter donut, Dunkin's cookie butter cold brew is a delicious match for your decked out domination. America runs on Duncan. Price and participation may vary, limited time offer, terms apply. Boston's number one afternoon radio program for a reason.
0: You're always stupid with
1: the person. It's Belger and Mass, 98.5 The Sports Hub.
4: It's Mac Jones. Take a knee. Don't be smarter than the room. Got to get uncomfortable. Got to update. Got to evolve. You watch New England now. What do they do well? The special teams coach is now doing offense, pulling from special teams The defense now. We got kids on the staff now. 13 completions, no fourth quarter passing touchdowns all year, almost no skill players. The idea, and we said it before the season, we're not, you know, we're not bandwagon backseat drivers here. We said it before the season. The arrogance to believe a defensive coordinator could just call plays. (laughs) I mean, you really got to love yourself to think that. That is unbelievable to me. This is totally fitting. Craziest thing I've ever seen live.
3: Coward of FS1, along with many other national media talking ads now laughing at you. Having a laugh at the expense of Bill Belichick, his decision to bring in Matt Patricia and say, oh yeah, you run the offense, everything will be fine. But the thing that really stands out there, and welcome back to Felder and Maz, no Felder, no Maz the rest of the week. You know, it's the holiday season. So it's uh, Adam Jones, myself, Hmm. Big Jim Murray here on a Big Boy Tuesday. It's like
2: they work for the Patriots. I mean, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. if The season's going down the tubes not showing up don't don't come to practice Sounds like yeah. on yeah. it staff.
4: sounds like they're on the bill belichick approved schedule is what yep. you're saying just mm-hmm. taking time off left and right interesting yep. but interesting.
3: The, the, the thing that really stands out there and i know you feel the way say the same way jones is you know Cowherd saying the patriots the only team in the nfl without a passing touchdown in the fourth quarter you know we're, we're through week 15 now it seems
4: almost impossible did you know that no Not, me neither no I don't, maybe that was like a well-known stat that i missed i wasn't sure but they they don't have a fourth quarter touchdown pass this year in today's quarterback
3: driven pass happy nfl it almost seems like an impossibility but yet Here we are. I didn't fact
4: check him. I I, like I'm I'm assuming he's right. But like that's that's mind boggling if that's true. But
2: Uh, yeah, there's that stat. And then the other stat that just tells you about the Patriots offense is that I think it was uh, there had been 32 straight goal to go.
3: The Raiders against the Raiders Raiders, Raiders
2: defense and the Patriots were the first offense not to (laughs) score a touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) Jones, (laughs) <laughs> jones,
3: <laughs> it really is bad it's but so bad. now that you've you know you've dissected the film mac jones again not great you said in the post game you wouldn't have been surprised if he was actually bench going into the yeah. second half but now that you've looked at it was he as bad as
2: you thought he was not because i i think the crux of the issue with the passing offense is it's just it's a clown it's a clown car crash like it's it's just a sh- it's a crap show going on <laughs> <laughs> I almost close. did it again. So close. Um, you know, for example, so, you know, there were those two out, and, and watching it live, I thought the same. Te- early on in the game, it looked like Matt Patricia was trying to dial up a couple of easy throws for Mac Jones. First, you know, five yards, <laughs> yards outs, two of them. Yeah. Okay. And I saw two, and I was just like, what? Like, what's wrong? What is going on with Mac? But then you watch it on film, and those routes, as far as I know, Those receivers are supposed to get to five yards and then go directly to the sideline, a ninety-degree angle, basically. Okay, that's how a that's how an average NFL receiver. You know, somebody explained it. A good receiver runs it at forty-five degrees to the sideline. A Hall of Fame receiver on routes comes back to the ball. Okay, so what did uh, Tyquan Thornton and Jacoby Myers do? Both of them faded their routes by about three to four yards as they broke out. And if you watch where they're supposed to run the route, Mac threw the ball in the right place. They're not there. That's bad coaching. And then you see, you know, I explained the Hunter Henry play on first down um, on on the last drive. Tyquan Thornton's in his area. Um, there were multiple examples on I, further on that final drive. So that was first down. Tyquan Thornton didn't right or didn't run the right route on first and ten with fourteen seconds left. Where Mac Jones threw it incomplete short right. I think Chandler Jones hit him. Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers basically run into each other. It was supposed to be like a rub route for Ramondre Stevenson to get out on the edge, catch it, get out of bounds. But they're running into each other. That like, was, it, is it, that the
4: screen? That was the, the setup screen where he like airmailed him, or is that a different play?
2: That was a different play. Okay. And, and then, I don't like, think Ramondre ran that right either. Like it's just all. What about st- John, What about Johnny Smith in the end zone? Oh, that was Mac. Just missed. Him. That's Mac. Okay, yeah, so I mean, Mac that, so now, had some bad throws. We're willing to admit. Oh that. yeah, I mean, yeah. Some ja, bad Johnny okay. Smith, he has to make that throw. Now, was the play perfect? No. Tyquan, Tyquan Thornton didn't run his clear out route correctly, but still, it didn't affect the play. Mac, it wasn't even close. It was like in the third row. And then the Jacoby Myers seam pass. You know, he missed him. It was right there. He missed him. Those are two huge misses. You know, but I don't think it's. I think it's a it's more of a byproduct of what's going on with this offense, and you know there's multiple guys who have no who have no faith in what's going on on this offense, and as soon as things start to go bad, they go in the tank, and unless things are really easy for this offense, you know, for example, I just didn't understand the game plan coming into this game. I mean, I've watched this Raiders team all year; they are bad on defense and especially on the defensive interior. They have no real run-stuffing defensive tackles. They made one of them, a rookie, Neil Farrell, inactive before the game. They they just picked up the guy, Jerry Tillery, from the Chargers, who couldn't hold a gap to save his life. And the Patriots didn't come back to their inside running game until the second half. What they should have done was just dust off the Bailey Zappy Cleveland Browns game plan, which was run in the middle, run in the middle, and then, hey – you know, nice run action, play action. The guy's wide open. There you go. They could have run that all day. Why,
4: why do they do it for Zappi and not Mac? I have no idea. Hmm. Uh, I, uh, is there pushback maybe from
3: a quarterback? If they were to run something that, you know, quote-unquote simplified
2: or dumb? No, or... I, I just don't. I, I think that they are scared to death of the offensive line, even though I have no idea why that is. Yeah, Connor McDermott's out there. And by the way, why is Connor McDermott out there and not Yanni Kajust? Who was starting? Who was active? Who played as a sixth offensive lineman at one point in time? And by the way, speaking of playing time, why does Tyquan Thornton get ninety percent of the snaps and Kendrick Bourne gets eleven? Well, because well, one melts off to the yeah, coaches and talk, the one the, talked
4: back. Yeah, well, that's exactly. just that's Plain just simple.
2: Yeah, that's just wonderful. I mean, you know, the quarterback can do it and can rant and rave, and and there is no punishment for him. But you know, well, I guess that Bourne not being out there, one of his favorite targets. I mean, you are telling me. The Patriots wouldn't have been better off if Kendrick Bourne was out there for half of Tyquan Thornton snaps. Of course they would have been. You know, and it's just it's just another decision that's completely mind-boggling with this staff. So we've
4: talked a lot about Bill Belichick, and I, I know you feel that his job is potentially in jeopardy. Am I putting words in your mouth? No, you are not. Okay, so you feel his job is potentially in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Somebody forwarded me this. I find this interesting. Somebody forwarded me something they tweeted to you the other day. Yep. They said if there aren't changes with the Patriots coaching staff, meaning Bill or Patricia or Judge, would Mac request a trade? You answered probably. Mm-hmm. Would
2: Mac force his way out if things don't change? Well, I don't know if he can force his way out. He but, can. Uh, <laughs> <Jimmy>. <laughs> I can tell you that if I'm Mac Jones, if if Bill Belichick after they go seven and ten, eight and nine, and one of the worst offenses in the league, with everybody coming back, and there was no excuse for them to be this bad. Uh. You're damn straight that I'm 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 asking for a trade. This is a it's a train wreck and this is not good for him. You know, you want if Bailey Zappy is more Matt Patricia's guy, go nuts. But trade I mean, I even said it at the midway point. If they don't believe in Mac Jones and say Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, which I had some indication that they sort of prefer, preferred Zappy because he just says, Yes, sir, no, sir, you know, whatever you want, I'll do then I it, it, then I would have, if I was Mac Jones, I would have walked in before the trade deadline and said, just trade me. Fine, go with Bailey. Like, this is ridiculous. It Jimmy, really is.
3: Jimmy Stewart, I see you moving that microphone in front of, your mouth of you, What's that phony you were saying on this? I'm
2: just wondering if there's a frustration
3: on the coaching staff that's like, okay, well, we've ruined Mac Jones, so let's move on and let's try to find a trade partner and do what they would call a hockey trade and trade a one quarterback for another one. So say there's a Derek Carr option or a Jordan Love option or something like that and get something back for Mac Jones while he's still got a little bit of value and two years under a team's control
2: oh god Derek Carr
3: I'd take him over
4: back
2: yeah I know it doesn't sound like you wouldn't yeah yeah I've watched him the last like three or four years all his film it's all the same he's the same guy he will have Four or five plays where you're just like, wow, that was really nice. He hung in there. Yeah, he made this I'll take this the play. four or five over the zero from Mac. By the way, yeah, I, still I understand. Th-
3: I still think maybe there's a little bit more upside with Mac Jones, maybe. And I just, like, all his checks, they feel so unnecessary, Greg. The jazz
2: hands are behind the line, ring, <laughs> ring, ring. <laughs> you guys were, uh, I heard you guys talking about this. You're 100% correct. He, I have watched him, you know, I've seen this offense with Tom Brady, and there is nobody who makes more of a production out of mic identification than Derek. Hall. Oh, my God. And it slows the offense down. It led to how many delay a game penalties in this? <laughs> and he's just like, you know, it's got to it's like he knows the microphones yeah. are going to be oh, there. It feels uh, like that. Yeah, it's, it's weird, unbelievable. Though.
4: Did you notice when they had a delay a game penalty? He didn't
2: turn around and scream at his sideline. Did you notice that? Well, that's just because it was his fault. I and mean, it was Max fault yeah. for the delay game penalty in this charlie uh, sheen
3: charlie Sheen. could you notice who i'm mentioning here charlie sheen <laughs> there's the mic 52 ring 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 goes the trolley <laughs> ding 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 goes the bell it feels yeah. like a whole vegas production oh i mm-hmm.
2: hate watching him Sticks. you're 100 percent correct
3: well let's see if he uh well he wouldn't make uh the three up and three down that's all about the patriots there'll be a lot of down here we're gonna get to that with greg, uh, greg bedard of boston sports journal we'll get to your calls as well i promise 617-779-0985 after the headlines with adam jones
1: Topped with creamy cookie butter cold foam, covered in cookie butter crumbles, and perfectly pairable with our new cookie butter donut, Dunkin's Cookie Butter Cold Brew is a delicious match for your decked out domination. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. What do Felger and Mass think of Felger and Mass? The sin, the crime, the mistake. It's not even funny. It's Felger and Mass on 98.5. It just bothers me. And now, it's time for three-up. Touchdown, Patriots! Two big throws on this drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from bostonsportsjournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down.
4: It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail.
1: On Belder and Mass
3: on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Mike and Tony out this week, so it's Jim Murray and Adam Jones in their place. It is time for three up, three down with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Enjoy the game with a triple distilled, triple cask matured, and triple blended Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time.
2: Please drink responsibly.
3: All right, Greg, we'll start with uh, the ups. Who was your first up in this loss to the Raiders on Sunday?
2: Kyle Duggar. Uh, You know, I think his pick six was more about Derek Carr. Um, but, you know, he made a nice read and, and made the play, and I don't think he was spectacular in this game, but the guy scored a touchdown, and <laughs> the, the this team um, doesn't exactly find those growing on trees these days.
4: Jones, do you even have any ups? Yeah, well, so they all come with caveats. <laughs> I didn't even consider Duggar for the up, because I, I agree that was mostly a Derek Carr screw-up, but that's honestly one that I may have missed. I had Ramondre Stevenson number one up. Like, he had a huge day. He obviously factored into the, the craptastic play there at the end. But he had a huge day. He's borderline impossible to bring down. He's pretty good in the passing game. I had him as the top up. Did
3: he run for 172 yards? I Forget what the exact was, the exact number
4: was. 172.
3: Yes, yeah, when, on only 19 carries. When I looked at the stat sheet, I was like, Oh, huh, really? Like it didn't feel like that much. But he is—he's their best offensive player. I feel like.
2: Oh, he—he you know, he is. I just—I I thought he had some real route running issues in this game, and and so you know, multiple times I oh. I marked him down, so I couldn't put him up there. Up number two. He did score. Uh, Josh Uche. You know, I, he led the team. I had him for four pressures, um, two half sacks. So combine that for one. Uh, you know, I thought he was really good. And this was a bigger test. I know everybody was, you know, pants off about what he's done in the previous, um, three, three games. you know, five games or whatever against all backup tackles and old man Dwayne Brown. Uh, but this was a real test. Colton Miller's a real left tackle in this league. And, you know, while Uche still benefits from really only being out there and in pass rushing situations. Like he doesn't have to worry about defending the run and, and stuff like that. So his stats skew a little bit better because of that. I thought he showed some real pop in the pass rush and did a nice job against a a legitimate left tackle in this league.
4: I I went with Marcus Jones and I know he's on site for the touchdown, but that was tight coverage and maybe shouldn't have shown up. He was on site for the fourth and 10, as you said, Greg, but I thought he was competitive. I thought he made plays. You mostly didn't hear from Devontae Adams. I'm not saying he trailed them all game, But he had a lot to do with that. So I had Marcus Jones. Up number three,
2: Michael Wenu. I thought he did a really nice job. Clean sheet. um, You know, had to help on Max Crosby a lot. Uh, You know, dominated in the run game. Uh, You know, some of their biggest runs were right behind a Wenu. So I thought he was excellent in this game. This was a good bounce back. He's been struggling for about a month, but this was a really nice bounce back game for him. Jones.
4: I had Uche number three. I almost had him number one. I originally mm-hmm. had him number one. I bumped him down because Stevenson had big numbers, and I was rethinking what Marcus Jones did on Devontae Adams. But I initially had Uche one. I've compared him to Tully Banticane before, like the season where he got double-digit yep. sacks out of nowhere. Because I think three of his sacks in the Colts game were all like one-yard losses where Sam Ellinger was scrambling mm-hmm. and he fell on top of him. I hadn't been overly impressed. I, I thought he's the whole reason Derek Carr sucked in the second half. The Raiders sucked in the second half. So I thought Uche was good. Now the ugly, number one down. Nice.
2: Tyquan Thornton. I You know, I, he just, he doesn't run the right routes. He doesn't know what he's doing out there. And I don't, you know, I, I think there have been issues with all the receivers. I don't know. You know, it's sort of an under-the-radar uh, coaching change. But to go from Mick Lombardi to, you know, now Troy Brown. Everybody loves Troy Brown as a player. Is he a coach? I don't know, but I can just say I don't think his unit's been very good, and I thought there's, I thought it was ridiculous that Tyquan Thornton played as much as he did and, and Kendrick Bourne just sat there watching. Jones. Okay, uh,
4: this side is my specialty, Greg, so I'll show you how this is done. <laughs>
2: okay. Jacoby Myers.
4: Jacoby Myers is one of the dumbest plays in the history of football, and at least if he was Ramondre Stevenson and he had a big game, you go, all right, he had a big game. It was a stupid play. He was playing hero ball. On the mo- he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything all day in his receiver role, and he played a crap ton, as you said. So Jacoby Myers, number
2: one with a bullet. Greg, number two, Jonathan Jones. I I didn't think he was very good in this game. Had another penalty in the red zone. Um, you know, yes, he was on Devontae Adams, but they're you know, they basically doubled him the entire time, so it wasn't just him. Uh I I don't think Jonathan Jones has played well for like the last month.
3: He was the one that got burned on that play that the Raiders missed that one of the play I think right? you're right, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Yep. There were there were a few plays like that that Carr just flat out missed. And there were other opportunities where Carr just didn't see like wide open guys. Jones? Who was that again? That was Jonathan Jones. Ah, right yeah. name, wrong player, Mac
4: Jones. Number two. Disaster. Horrible. Missing awful th- uh, open throws, rather. I didn't rewatch it like Greg. I didn't need to rewatch it like Greg. He sucked. He's been bad most of
2: the year. Mac Jones. Number three down. Jacoby Myers. You know, I I, I love Jacoby, um, but, you know, that play is just inexcusable. I mean, I know he momentarily lost his mind, and and uh, I, I heard somebody, I'm not sure who it was, it might have been Ryan Rus- Rusillo said that, like, you know, when somebody starts laddering the ball, like, everybody loses their mind. Yeah. Like, and then that's, you know, when Stevenson got it kicked off, uh, he was lucky that that lateral, and then Jacoby Myers. I think he just he just forgot what was going on, the situation, and it's too bad because Jacoby's a, a good player for this team.
4: Well, just quickly, when you say the situation, you don't think he like forgot what the score was. You just think he didn't really factor in how they could lose there.
2: I think he he just I think Jacoby because. Stevenson lateral was like momentarily like, Oh, well, we I must do. know something that I don't know. Or like <laughs> maybe somebody told them to do this. So now I'm going to yeah. do it. And then I'm going to whip it across the field, 40 yards to my quarterback. And yeah, yeah it
4: was like J.R. Smith for getting the, the play clock or the uh, yeah. game clock rather at the end of the NBA finals. I, I had to search a little bit for this one. I went with Adrian Phillips. You know, he was the closest one in coverage on the Waller play, which I know you felt was more of a, a, a play call. By Steve Belichick. He was the one who was supposed to be on Waller, it seemed, or at least the closest in coverage. He was on-site on the block punt, too. I don't know if that's him to blame, but he was there and a part of it. Adrian Phillips was my third down.
3: Just quickly, Greg, because uh, I was surprised to not hear Matthew Judon in either of yours downs, mm-hmm. uh, and I heard this with Mike Reese on with and Beetle. He played over 50 snaps, didn't even register on the sheet. Is that mm-hmm. more about scheme? Because why were they dropping him in coverage? That was making me crazy.
2: Yeah, I thought they went a little bit too nuts with that. I think they were... Um you know, especially later in the game, you know, like I said, that final drive, I'm sorry, you're, you know, come up with something creative, like, you know, using, they they use Matt. Obviously they were worried about the Raiders tight ends and there should have been a differentiation between, you know, Darren Waller and Foster Moreau, but there wasn't the Patriots kept playing it the same way. I thought it was poor coaching. And, you know, you see sometimes, like I can understand that against the chiefs or, you know, like, Travis Kelsey is in the slot. You got to take care of him. You got to get hands on him no matter what time, what part of the game it doesn't really matter. I can understand that, but it just, they took him out of a lot of pass rush situations. They did it for Uche too, and I thought it ended up costing the team the game. You no, know, not totally, but. Uh, definitely a good amount.
3: All right. This concludes three up, three down. Coming up, a giveaway for you. One of Ooh. two today here on Felger and Maz. So a giveaway. And does Mike Florio think the end might be near for Bill Belichick? That's up next in our long commercial-free segment here on Felger and Mass.
1: It's Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Follow these guys on Twitter at Felger and Maz. Some people celebrate the holidays, but you, you dominate the holidays. You deck the halls, the and anything else that will stand still. You deserve a bold cold brew that's as festive as you. Topped with creamy cookie butter cold foam, covered in cookie butter crumbles, and perfectly pairable with our new cookie butter donut, Dunkin's Cookie Butter Cold Brew is a delicious match for your decked-out domination. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Part of our team. Belger and Maz continues on the Sports Hub.
0: Yesterday may have been the curtain falling. It's been starting on its way down. 2019, right? They make yeah. it to the playoffs. They lose in ugly fashion to the Titans. Tom Brady's not happy. Tom Brady leaves. 2020, no playoffs. 2021, they get to the playoffs and they get their asses kicked by the Buffalo Bills, 47-17. to 17. Then this year, they're trying. They're scratching. They're clawing. The offense, the, from the Josh McDaniels to Matt Patricia slash Joe Judge Frankenstein monster that clearly isn't working. Mac Jones having a temper tantrum every game, justifiably, because of the crap show that they are offensively. And then you have that moment. I I can't help but think, and there was already chatter. Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston was already making this point that the end of the road could be coming for Bill Belichick, and it seems incomprehensible. But... I know Tom well enough to know he wouldn't throw that out there recklessly. not a heart, hot take artist. And I also know he's not getting a whole lot of pushback when he says these things. And I'm, I'm very curious to see, Miles, if when the season ends, if a David Tepper or some other owner who is looking for a new coach decides to make a phone call to Robert Kraft and say, hey, what would it take to get Bill Belichick? Probably a lot less than it would have taken a year or two ago.
3: Florio, pro football talk. Talking about the seat getting toasty for Bill Belichick. Belgrade, Maz, no Mike, no Tony. It's Jim Murray, Adam Jones here on a Big Boy Tuesday with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. So this is gaining some traction. The other thing I feel like is also gaining a little mm. bit of traction, Greg, is based on what you said during the postgame Sunday night and what Tom Curran also mentioned last week on the competition is the complete opposite in that nothing happens. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. All parties back. Matt Patricia back as the play caller. How realistic is this now?
2: Uh, well, I think after this game, I think it's less likely. But yeah, yeah, I think I said it. I don't know. Was it in the post game? It, it was in the post It was at some point I said that, and um, yeah, I think that's possible. But I think I think everything is on the table, and I find, um, you know, I was pretty strong on Belichick in his future, especially you know, in people were telling me, you know, and we talked about it last week that you know i was i was talking i was researching really a story on the offense and and i wrote sort of you know how it got this bad and why it's still this bad and and you know the more i talked to people around the team and i was asking certain questions and it was just strange how they kept and it, it, it was almost uniformly across the board that they were putting a huge emphasis on the cardinals game and like you know they were like they they better take care of business in this game and i just it puzzled me, and so that led to more questions and, you know, what I reported. And, I mean, I think now you see it. Like, if they didn't win that game in Arizona, you were staring at a very, very real possibility of going 0-7 to finish the season and finishing 6-11. and And I think there was a real fear in that building and around the team that that was about to happen. And if Kyler Murray didn't tear his ACL in the third play, it might well have happened. And I also – Florio's point was interesting that he just said about, you know, how Curran – because Curran and I reported similar things around the same time.
4: The not getting pushback part? Yes. Because that jumped out to me too.
2: And and I and, and I thought about it, you know, because sometimes you report things. I mean, I had 100% confidence. I was like – I knew I was I, – and I'm still 100% confident in my reporting. And that's – I don't report something unless – I have very good reason to. I've done that throughout my career. I've been in this over twenty years, and you know. But sometimes you're just like, well, did I read that right? Did right. I get you know? It's just, it's just natural. You always second guess things. Like I'm, a, I'm not a moron. Like I don't, re, you know, just throw things out there and then like, well, I'm never wrong. And then, you know, that's for us to do. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you're like, did I, <laughs> did I get that a hundred percent? Like. You know, did, did I really not? And, you're, that one and out the, of the response
4: park? to the story kind of informs that for you sometimes. What you're saying, if you get pushback, you're like, "Wait a minute, maybe I missed it."
2: If we were all off the reservation and we reported it, and I certainly, rep- I think I reported on Wednesday th- before the Cardinals game, which was on Monday night. Right. There was ample time for people to get word out that th- that wasn't close to true. We're not even considering that. Whatever. Kraft visited the Monday night crew in the booth before the game? Was there any message sent like, oh, Bill's, Bill's fine. This is ridiculous. No. No, because anything,
3: it's... The message felt like they, hey, go ahead, boys. You mm-hmm. want to
2: pile on, pile on. I'm telling you, it's 100% that Belichick's future is not 100% here. It's not. Like, it. it a lot is going to depend on these final three games. Which you
4: think they're losing.
2: Which I... Yes, I, I kind of want to pick them to win one game because I picked them eight, nine before the season. And I kind of want to be right for once, even though I told people I have a history of being one game too optimistic about the Patriots, like every year. Like I say, so seven and 10 was probably the, the bigger reality. But I do think they have a chance to lose these three games. And as soon as they lose one, I think you're right. I think as a chance to go, people will go off the reservation, which means you might have to put Zappy in to sort of have somebody who will actually function. Uh, but I think there, everything's possible after this season. I mean, and, and Bill better come. And I have some indication that Bill realizes what's going on, that how he completely loused this up. I don't know what kind of options he's going to have. I don't think Bill, Bill O'Brien's my preference, but I don't know how likely that is anymore. I don't, you know, in terms of what opportunities Billy's going to have. And also there are other considerations. Um, what are his other options? If it's not O'Brien, what are his other options? You know, Nick Caley's at the end of his contract. After what just happened, do you think he wants to be here? Or do you think he wants to be in Vegas?
3: No, oh, I think he wants to be in Vegas. He already wanted to be in Vegas. Mm-hmm. They blocked him. He's been passed
4: over as the coordinator. So yeah. yeah.
2: And, and so, I it, look, I think all options are on the table, and it's going to be a very interesting summit between Kraft and Belichick to see what happens.
4: Well, will you say all options are on the table, and what options will Bill have? You mean for coordinators here? Are there any jobs that would intrigue him? Because Florio's been big on if Bill doesn't want to stay, Kraft could trade him. There are other destinations he could, like, are there other places that Bill might look at and go, well, geez, that's interesting.
2: Uh, Yeah, I think think Dave Tepper's the type of owner in Carolina who would make that kind of splash. And would be up for that. And, you know, one of the things is if, if I'm the crafts where Bill is going into when he's 71 years old and what this team has done the last three years and pushing Tom Brady out and where they are personnel wise and what he's done coaching wise. If I am Robert Kraft, I am listening for trade offers on Bill Belichick. A hundred percent.
3: Call number 10 right now to the Pride Motor Group contest line. At 617-931-0985, you're going to score a $100 Patriot Place gift card, the place to shop, dine, and enjoy this holiday season. Download the Patriot Place Advantage app to earn points and access exclusive Patriot Place rewards and offers. Learn more at PatriotPlace.com. Again, call number 10 right now to the Pride Motor Group contest line, 617-931-0985. We'll get that $100 giftie to Patriot Place. Uh, long commercial-free segment here, Headlines with Jones, and I promise a lot of you've been waiting since we started this segment, well uh, started the show here today, with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. So we'll get to your calls with Greg next.
0: Wingstop's doing what they do best, taking flavor to the next level. So when chicken sandwiches only came in spicy and plain, Wingstop said, nah, make it 12 flavors. Lemon pepper chicken sandwich, OG hot, mango habanero. You get the picture. Every famous Wingstop flavor. Now on the new Wingstop chicken sandwich. Try all 12 and find your favorite at Wingstop where flavor gets its wings. Huh?